Hello, everyone. This month, we're talking about English learners in the mainstream classroom as they spend a lot of time learning different subjects throughout the day. Over the past several weeks, you have learned how you can make a connection with a newcomer in your classroom, episode 61, tips for teaching math language, episode 62, and how to grade English learners, episode 63. If you haven't listened to those, I highly recommend you go back and tune in uh, because they are full of really useful and practical tips. And especially if you are a regular education teacher who has one or two English learners in their classroom, these will help you succeed. And since vocabulary is the main component of learning a language, I wanted to share an episode that was aired last year. So this recording is re-air of an episode, but it is super, super relevant for this month's topic. And quite honestly, it is relevant any time of year and uh, anytime we're talking about teaching English learners. It is all about how to pre-teach vocabulary when you are a regular education teacher. In this episode, I break down what vocabulary pre-teaching is, the reasons why it's so important to pre-teach vocabulary in the mainstream classroom, who benefits, and the steps that you can take to do it. The tips are practical and easy to implement, as always, the Simply Yeva fashion, and they will benefit all students, not just English learners. After all, all teachers are language teachers, whether you recognize that or not yet. I hope you find this useful and can apply some of the tips in, the, in your own teaching right away. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the ESL Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as Simply Yeva, and I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share something that I know will be extremely helpful to you as an ESL teacher. Whenever I ask the teachers what their biggest challenge is, I keep hearing the same answers over and over again. Not having a cohesive curriculum for newcomers, differentiating for multiple proficiency levels in the classroom, lack of time to do it all, lesson plan, teach, collaborate, repeat. I have been that teacher and I know exactly how you feel. So I'd like to invite you when you're ready to check out the resources for ESL teachers that I have created on Simply Yeva ESL website and on Teachers Pay Teachers. You'll find materials there regardless of whether you're looking for something quick and one-off or something more cohesive that would last you the entire school year. For example, if you are a newer ESL teacher or have never worked with beginner level English learners, you will greatly benefit from the ebook Teaching Absolute Beginners, the ESL Teacher's Handbook, where you will learn or review the basics of teaching this group of students. If you are looking for a quick and ready-made resource, 25 authentic speaking activities with complete lesson plans will be perfect for you. Just print or project and your lesson is done. But the crown jewel of all the lessons that you can find on my website and in the Teachers Pay Teachers store is the ESL Teaching Roadmap, 
which is my three-step framework for teaching newcomers and mixed proficiency level classes in middle and high school, and which encompasses not only all of the above resources, but also the exclusive members-only content. For example, monthly uploads of scope and sequence, new creative lessons for both ESL newcomers and mixed proficiency level classes, as well as members-only access to 30-minute consultations, because as ESL teachers, we sometimes need to talk it out. If you are interested and ready, I'd like to offer a 10% off coupon just for podcast listeners. You will find the link to the ESL teaching roadmap in the show notes below the episode. Use code ESLpodcast at checkout, and I am looking forward to seeing you inside. Hello, hello, everyone. Today's episode was prompted by a conversation with a content area teacher. A friend of mine is a science teacher, and he helps other science teachers navigate daily lessons. So he invited me into his Facebook group. I immediately saw a post from a science teacher who was tasked with teaching newcomer English learners, but had no idea where to even begin. We had a conversation. I gave her a few pointers on how she could help her students, one of them being a simple one, at least to a teacher of English learners, pre-teach vocabulary. Well, that's when she asked, great, but how do you pre-teach vocabulary? I think this is a question that comes up, that might come up in middle and high school more frequently than in elementary. So I hope this will be a helpful episode to content area teachers who have English learners in their classrooms and to ESL teachers who want to share this with their colleagues. Now, in the multilingual teacher world, we have a few mantras, and they are visuals, background building, vocabulary pre-teaching. Simple, right? While these are not all the things that help our English learners, we know that they're the most widely recommended simply because they work. I wanted to talk a little bit about how content area teachers can pre-teach vocabulary in the classrooms. And we're probably going to use visuals with everything, right? I'm fully aware that it may not be as natural and easy to do so in middle and high school, but bear with me. There are good reasons and simple ways to do it, which will benefit all students. The good news is, is that your subject area is already the context for new words, which makes it so much more meaningful than taking a simple list of words and telling your students to learn it. Let's begin with why everyone should pre-teach vocabulary. First, English learners are learning the language which consists of words. Words are used in every single classroom. They are regular conversational and instructional language, such as tier one words like look, find, write. There's tier two vocabulary, which is words that are used across content areas. For example, compare, identify, compensate. And then there are tier three words, which is technical vocabulary specifically related to a content area. Now, imagine if you know only the conversational language with simple words, but you cannot access content because you simply cannot understand what it is asking you. Frustrating, isn't it? Pre-teaching targeted words, both technical but most importantly tier two words, is extremely helpful both from the academic standpoint and that of equity. 
The second reason why everyone should pre-teach vocabulary, native English speakers benefit from vocabulary pre-teaching as well. I have been hearing complaints about how kids use simple language and cannot express themselves. We tend to blame it on technology and ready access to convenient one word and one button actions. But rich language opportunities have to be provided not only to those who are learning the language. All students are growing their vocabulary and ability to express their thoughts coherently and with accuracy. The third reason is pre-teaching vocabulary boosts English learners' confidence. It is such a helpful scaffold. More often than not, they understand the concepts taught in the content area classes, but the lack of vocabulary prevents them from showing what they know. Now that we got that out of the way, let's take a look at several ways you can pre-teach vocabulary in the classroom, or rather not several ways, but steps of one pre-teaching method. Now, step one is naturally choosing the vocabulary, selecting what words you're going to be teaching. Uh, selecting appropriate vocabulary involves identifying what your students might already know and foresight of what might cause them difficulties. Not always an easy task, but with practice, it gets easier. Uh, also, this is where you can incorporate and ask for your uh, EL teacher's help because the English learner uh, multilingual teachers are really good at choosing the vocabulary, identifying what the students need and uh, what they might not know. At the start of the episode, I talked about three tiers of words. Tier one, everyday vocabulary. Tier two, frequently used words that can be found across content areas and that are used by mature content users. And tier three, words that are technical, specifically have to do with a subject area like math or science, for example. Focusing on tier two words, you will be helping your students acquire the necessary language skills that they, they can carry with them throughout the school day and beyond. Now, imagine if every teacher did this. That would be super helpful. Here are examples of tier two words that can be frequently found in all subject areas. Circumstance, influence, contribute, achieve, distribute, chart, extend. These are just really a few words. There's so many more. You can read about the influence, achievements, and contributions of an ancient king in social studies, but you can also see how certain atoms influence others, how they are distributed and display it in a chart. This is all science. Tier three words are more specific and typically can be found in your textbook. For example, erosion, conductor, magma, sediment, or appeasement, proclamation, ceasefire. Step two, provide a definition of the word. We actually need to know what the word means, right? One of the best ways to do that is to provide a simple definition and a visual representation of the word. This step is also important because we don't want the students spending class time looking up definitions. 
frequently I use learnerdictionary.com because sometimes in all other dictionaries, the definitions are not clear and cause more confusion. But I have found that learnerdictionary.com is a good place for students to get simple definitions that actually tell what the word means. Now, for students who are at the beginning levels of English language learning, I also provide a translation, especially with words that are difficult to represent visually, like influence or contribute. Now, how does this look in the classroom, in the content area classroom? If you have a, a large class and one or two English learners, one way to do it is to display the select vocabulary on the screen for all and review it with the class. Adding images to the words is a huge plus. And if you have the translations into your English learners' languages there, that is even better. Plus, it might be a great topic of conversation to begin the class with, to expand the minds of other students. Too frequently, they're not even aware that an English learner is in their science or history class simply because they're so quiet. Even though native speakers will likely know all these words, your instruction to them could be that they are to actually use them in their responses, whether written or oral. At the same time, you could push out a digital worksheet uh, to your English learners and those who need this extra scaffold that they can work on independently, or you could have the words there already filled out so they can study. I will share an example of the worksheet in the show notes so that you know exactly what I mean. Step three, utilize word walls. It is not just for elementary students. I have words around the walls of my classroom and it is so helpful to point to a specific poster or in the general direction when I have the student groping for the right vocabulary. Huge post-it paper works best because you can easily stick it on the wall and take it down when you are done. Um, sometimes you can write the words for a particular unit. Sometimes you can have the words that will help your students throughout the year. The word wall also works as a visual that is so important for someone who's learning the language. You can have students work in groups or have the English learners work together to write down the words in large letters, colorful pencils or markers, decorate them or add your content area visuals and then display them on the wall of the classroom. The students can also create any graphic representation of the word, a picture, a symbol, another word that reminds them of this, this, this new vocabulary. The point of this activity is to remember it differently than just by reading or writing. This is all, this is like a great scaffold for all students. Those who have a more difficult time expressing themselves, for example, um, those who are learning the language and those who want to expand their knowledge. Step four, we have to use the words, words in use. So as the students are learning new words, their ability to communicate grows and so does their confidence. Beginner level English learners, uh, though they need an additional layer of help to ensure they utilize words and not just write them down and forget them. 
Now think about the language frequently used in your content area. Do the students need to express their opinions or do they need to argue something? For example, you can create simple sentence starters and sentence frames for them uh, that require them to plug in their newly learned vocabulary. And that is a great tool to have in a classroom. Again, it can be easily displayed on the walls for all students to see and use. A sentence starter is just that, a beginning of the sentence. For example, I believe that blank or George Washington went to blank or an object in motion stays blank. Um, so the students have to continue the sentence, um, but it helps them start. And once they start, they want to, uh, the brain naturally wants to continue and then they start retrieving the information. Now, sentence frames are sentences with purposefully omitted words. We want the students to insert certain vocabulary, whether from what we pre-taught them or from a reading that they were doing in class. For example, let's take uh, the three tier two words I used earlier in the episode, influence, contribute, and chart. So a sentence starter could be something like, we can see the atoms in the, in the blank. You can in, include the word chart, for example. Or, I believe this president had great blank. We want them to include the word influence. Um, a sentence frame could go something like this. The blank of General Washington blank to his victories. Okay, so the influence of General Washington contributed to his victories. Or we can see the blank of these atoms on each other in the blank. We can see the influence of these atoms on each other in the chart. Um, it's totally up to you how you do it, but sentence frames and sentence starters uh, help uh, the students not only know the vocabulary, but start using it. Um, again, um, I didn't mention word banks, uh, but word banks might be uh, very helpful, at least in the beginning, to help them retrieve and choose the words. And as time goes by, you can uh, get you know, uh, provide less and less, fewer and fewer scaffolds. The final step is step five to revisit. Vocabulary has to be repeated multiple times in different contexts for it to stick. So pre-teaching the words is just the beginning. One of the best gifts you can give your English learners is to ask them to listen for the words you taught during your lecture and in other classes. So this helps them hear the word in context and eventually use it in their own writing and speaking. You know, they can go to a different class and then they can come back and report to you and say, hey, I also heard this used this way. Um, this is a great way to make a connection as well. To help students remember and be accountable for the words, here are some ideas of how you can help. So creating a slide with the following sections, the word, simple definition, translation for those who need it, a visual like an image, uh, or a drawing and a sentence where the word is used correctly. Again, I am going to link a sample of uh, what it looks like in the show notes. So feel free to um, make your own copy. It is in Google Slides. The other thing that you can do is to create a class Padlet with the same sections. Students can work individually or in groups, but the Padlet will be accessible to them anytime. 
And also you can uh, do it uh, a different way, assign a Flipgrid where each student has a word and can explain it uh, by speaking and writing and demonstrating. Or they can also, exp uh, for higher level students, they can explain, let's say, a phenomena or an event uh, by using those particular words. That is all for today. I hope you found this practical and useful. My goal is always to bring great ideas that can actually be implemented in the classroom. To learn more about how to teach vocabulary, check out episode 14. I will link it in my show notes as well. I would love to hear from you. Did you find this episode useful? What are some of the activities you already do in your content area classroom? Let me know by connecting with me on Instagram or Facebook. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform. Positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, Come join me on Instagram at SimplyYevaESL, Facebook SimplyYeva, or connect with me on my website, SimplyYeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.